This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Welcome to I Work For Him as we broadcast you today from the Gisnaldo Mansion down here in Fort Myers, Florida. Super excited. You guys should come check this out. It's really more like a bed and breakfast, but the Gisnaldo Mansion, something that everybody in America should see. Check it out online, gisnaldo.com, gisnaldo.com. Okay. He's just kidding, everyone. Oh, well, you never really know. But well, Mark... we haven't checked out that URL. I no, hope it's not anything. <laughs> Hey, we are we're on a weekend with some family down here in Fort Myers, but we wanted to make sure that we brought the show to you here this Friday as we have a really exciting show today with Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute. And as many of you know that name, he's always on TV talking on the news, so we're we're going to roll with the punches as when you have famous people on the show, that's what sometimes happens. So we got some challenges there, but we're okay. Martha, why don't you talk to people about how they can get a hold of us on social media? Well, Jim, we continue to keep trying to expand that offering and because, you know, everybody does different things. I'm still very much a Facebook person. Um, We do post stuff on Instagram as well, and we have Twitter. And um, we have our newest thing is a YouTube channel, which I'm still trying to get used to um, posting things there and sharing it. But you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. I work for him. And um, that way you can watch. A lot of times we do videos or we have videos with our guests after the show where we just do one or two minutes to highlight um, kind of what we talked about. It's a lot of fun, I think, for people to see the guest, to get to interact with them a little bit that way. So we're very visual people, so we like to do that. Um, And I will say one of the things that we um, did this past week is that we posted, you know, we did a Facebook Live where after we, we love to do those, especially we when we're driving. Do, and it's been a while since we've done them. I don't know People what it love is it when we're about. Well, I don't those. know if they love it, but well, they that's love, what's they make very more convenient comments. because here's the thing. You're in a seatbelt. I keep you sitting still long enough for us to actually do a Facebook Live. And I have... I don't um, even know what you're saying there. You don't even have to know because it's all about just getting us to both sit still and I'm feeling somewhat picked something. on this morning. Well, how about this afternoon? That too. Yes. So anyway... Well, I was anyway. feeling picked on this morning too, but now I feel like... <laughs> Excuse me. I got a tickle. But anyway, so there's a lot of ways, but our website, iworkforhim.com, if you go to the bottom of the um, homepage, you'll see all of our social media icons that take you right to the links. I'm a real and proponent of those because it makes it super easy for people to click and, and uh, like and follow and tweet and all that kind of stuff, you know, depending on what you're going to. But I also um, want to explain to people that there are a lot of ways to listen to us because we are ex- super happy when people are able to um, get us live right from their radio, whether they're in their car commuting. We get a lot of people who say they're um, listening on their way home from work. Um, our son does that every day. Thank you, Joshua. And um, we also get people that say, oh, I'm picking up in car line or I, I listen to you at the end of my day, depending on where we're playing in their community. But people can get, you all can listen to the show after it's been played um, via podcast. All the so, time. Every usually 24 day, hours later. Every day we take the show and condense it down. It's usually about 42 minutes instead of the full 60. And that gets put on our podcast. And you can get that if you have an Apple, um, you go to iTunes. If you have an Android, you go to Google Play Music. There's Stitcher. There's um, Faith Play, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. Um, 
out uh what's the new one overcast is the newest one i just got us on and i'm trying for more so so just take a look and find if your you've favorite got a podcast uh, platform you'd like to, for us to be on just let us know yes but right. download it and start listening all right, here's the deal. In a letter to the committee of the Danbury Baptist Association in the state of Connecticut, Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, wrote these words, and I start with his second paragraph. Believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God, that he owes account to none other for his faith or his worship, that the legitimate powers of government reach actions only and not opinions, I contemplate for, I contemplate with sovereign reverence the that act of the whole american people which declared that their legislature should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof thus building the wall of separation between church and state but i think it's important that we understand that people that was to protect the church from the state hmm. today we have brad dacus joining us from the pacific justice pacific justice institute out of california that's the Pacific part. You can check them out online, pacificjustice.org, pacificjustice.org. Brad Dacus is famous. He's on TV all the time talking about protecting religious freedom in our workplace. Brad Dacus, welcome back to I Work For Him. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, I wanted to read a little bit of that Thomas Jefferson letter because, Brad, I am sick and tired of people talking about the Constitution and the separation of church and state. Well, I mean... That's not what Jefferson, Jefferson wasn't trying to protect the state from the church. He was trying to protect the church from the state, wasn't he? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the whole context of it was the fact that uh, the uh, people living in the United States, the colonies at the time, uh, came here because the Church of England, with the, king, with the king's edicts, were very, was very oppressive. The Episcopal Church, Anglican Church, was very, very oppressive. Um, of uh, people of different faiths, the Presbyterians and, and others. And um, they wanted to make sure that this, this government was not going to have a state church or, or government that was hostile to, uh, to, to churches uh, different, with different beliefs than whoever's in power in the government or whatever. And so that's why they have this it's to create a wall to protect the church, not a wall to uh, inhibit and limit the church. Yeah, how's that working out for us today? Well, don't answer that question just right now, because we've got some real messes going on. And we're not going to go political, but we're going to talk about some amazing things that God's been doing using the Pacific Justice Institute to protect those rights. But Brad, just stepping back for a second. You're a lawyer. I know you know this. How did you ever find out that you could live out your faith in your work? I mean, most people don't even think it's possible to be a lawyer and a follower of Jesus. But how do you do it? How do you connect your faith in your work on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, I, I began to learn about this concept uh, really when I was in law school, and I because uh, I was originally going to go to seminary um, and be a pastor. But I prayed about it, felt really a strong calling desire to go to law school instead. Um, didn't make sense to me, so I figured this must be what God wants. <laughs> and, uh, and I went ahead and, and, and did that, and then my, the, the first uh, internship I had when I was in law school was with an organization, the Rutherford Institute, that defended religious freedom mm -hmm. and the parents' rights, the sanctity of human life. I thought, wow, this is awesome. Uh, 30 years from now, it's what I want to do someday. And then uh, just uh, less than a year out of law school, I was uh, called to open an office for them in the West Coast and coordinate litigation in 14 states. And then five years later, the national office uh, decided to close all their regional offices, offer me a job back east to head up their public affairs office, 
um, with a higher salary and be the, the, the face of the organization. It was really quite an honor. But I finally had to pray about it. Uh, after much insomnia, I finally had to pray. And uh, I felt convicted that my real heart's desire was to make sure people got the help they needed. So I started Pacific Justice Institute and uh, have, a, have a look back. And you've got Pacific Justice Institute headquartered in the number one state. This is my opinion, based on what I read in the news every day, in the number one state in the union that is like leading the forefront in attacks on the on religious freedom. I mean, it, it seems like California is out to just eliminate any influence of the church altogether. Oh, you're absolutely right, and uh, and that's exactly the. Uh, the game plan of the legislature is tremendous open hostility, bigotry, hatred towards uh, Christians, people practicing uh, living life from a biblical worldview perspective. So that's their mantra, and that's what they uh, are intent to do. And, and uh, we at Pacific Justice Institute are very busy because they have a two-thirds majority in the state Senate, two-thirds majority in the state House, a governor who's totally signed on with that kind of intolerance towards people of faith and businesses of faith. So needless to say, um, having our headquarters in the state capital of Sacramento um, is, uh, is, is, a, is a very uh, important place to be. We have an, also have an office we opened up in Seattle, Washington. We have another office in Salem, Oregon, the state capital of Oregon, and other offices in California. And we handle cases all mm-hmm. across the United States. So anyone in your audience should never right. hesitate to contact us at Pacific Justice Institute from Miami to Maine. They should never hesitate. You've seen his face on TV on many news stations, pacificjustice.org, pacificjustice.org. So, Brad, you were telling us that you turned down a quite um, good job promotion, and you just kind of said that it was you wanted. You felt like you wanted to make sure that people got the help they needed, so you set up the Pacific Justice Institute. So, what exactly is the Pacific Justice Justice Institute set up to do? Yes, we are a nonprofit, five hundred one c three legal ministry, and we're committed to defending religious freedom parental rights, sanctity of human life, um, all without charge. Uh, we pick up all the costs, all the expenses. And one thing that makes us sort of unique is that we don't just cherry-pick the high-profile, big-game cases. We work hard to make sure that everyone gets help, that no one is left on the side of the road. And it's very, very unique uh, for a legal organization uh, like ours. And we have uh, att- affiliate attorneys all across the United States, and we take on cases uh, all across the United States, including the defense of uh, faith in the workplace. Excellent. Well, and I really, let's just start off. I want to have some fast-moving conversation this afternoon about the stuff that you guys have been involved in. Uh, you know, you, uh, Jennifer has been sending me some really great um, cases you've been working on recently, but I want to just go back. In all of the 22 years since Pacific Justice Institute has been formed, what is the most egregious religious freedom in the workplace that you have this case that you have had to fight and have won? Wow, there's there's so many. So um, tell us a couple of them say, then. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's specifically the workplace or just in general? Well, I wanted to talk about the workplace because I know that that's been ramping up, and everybody that's listening yeah. is going, but what, what can I do? How can, can I really live out my faith and my work? Is that really legal? And, yeah, here's and, a and classic. Would, yeah, here's a, here's a great case. I think it was a classic case. Uh, it was out of Salinas, California, and this couple owned a 
a, a swimming pool that they uh, it's kind of a, a private kind of a swimming pool club, if you will. And they but they use it to train uh, uh, students and people to uh, for Olympics for competition. Uh, they were very very uh, committed to to, uh, to serving uh, the people that they were helping in that regard. Well, they were also Christian, and they would uh, have Christian music playing. They would uh, post uh, Christian posters, and they always had uh, parents uh, sign an acknowledgement that, that this is a Christian-owned business, and they, that they had, and that while there is uh, maybe Christian music being played and Christian posters, at no time will their child be compelled uh, to uh, do anything religious or make any re- religious uh, profession of faith. And, uh, you know, they'd be, they'd be respected. Well, this one mother, who's an atheist, said, oh, no, um, I shouldn't have to sign this. My child should be able to, to use your service without being exposed in any way to your faith. And so she filed a lawsuit, got some lawyer to file a lawsuit. Lawyer thought this was going to be an, an easy, quickie case where he makes an easy twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 and goes home. Well, someone told from church told this couple about Pacific Justice Institute. We were contacted. We stepped in and represented him without charge. Two years of litigation. Oh, my. And at the end of, yeah, and at the end of two years, the judge said, it is, his ruling was, um, I'm dismissing this case because there is uh, the, this couple has a right to legally and zealously live their faith and share their faith and represent their faith through the workplace so long as they're not discriminating and based on religion and, and the hiring of employees or the people that they're serving, they can be as religious as they want. And it was a great case, a solid case, that we were hoping would uh, be a set of real signal across the country that uh, if people try to attack Christian businesses, uh, that, uh, that they're, they're not going to just simply get a quick check in the mail, right. that they're going to have to fight Pacific Justice Institute and will probably lose. So, but that wasn't the case, is it? I mean, it, it, that, I mean, people are attacking Christian businesses all the time. Well, exactly. They are. And part of that uh, is out of ignorance and their lack of understanding what the law is. Their mindset is, surely you alluded to earlier, I mean, it's, their mindset is sort of this attitude that somehow the Constitution uh, has a, a freedom from religion clause, <laughs> that somehow people are supposed to be protected from any exposure of any kind, anywhere, of faith and, and religion. And, of course, that's not the case at all. That may have been the case in the former Soviet Union, uh, perhaps, or somewhere else, but that's not the case in the United States. But it wasn't uh, freedom so, from religion. It was just, there was no such thing as freedom in the former Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah exactly. So in the United States, we have freedom of religion, not freedom from religion. I had to correct an ACLU uh, uh, professor at my law school at the University of Texas once, he said, yes, the Freedom from Religion Clause. He said, excuse me, Professor, isn't it Freedom of Religion? Uh-huh. He goes, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, Freedom of Religion. I said, thank you. Um, wow. Of course, for me, I was taking it pass-fail, so I didn't have to worry about, um, <laughs> you know, getting a, a D in his class. But, and that's why I took it pass-fail. But, but the, uh, the point is, is that the, uh, there's a lot of ignorance out there and, and twisted thinking, unfortunately, in our society today. I mean, even people, a poll was taken that, that uh, said that, uh, as far as free speech goes, that, well, uh, the 55% of those polled said that uh, the Constitution should protect, First Amendment protects free speech, so long as the speech is not offensive to someone. Well, then you don't have free speech. 
Right. <laughs> that's the purpose, to be able to express yourself even if others don't agree. Otherwise, you don't have free speech, uh, particularly if the government doesn't agree. So that's one reason. The other reason we see a lot of uh, hostility and tolerance in, uh, regarding faith in the workplace is um, because business owners don't know what to do. Right. Uh, they don't know who to turn. They don't know who to turn to. They think, well, gosh, if, if we hire a private law firm to defend us, we're not going to get our, our attorney fees back if we win, and this person will just, you know, wear us out so that we're in. You know, we don't want to spend two or three hundred thousand dollars defending ourselves when this claim is only for fifty thousand. We'll just pay the fifty thousand. They'll go home. We'll cut our losses. Um, so they, and if they, but if they're aware of the Pacific Justice Institute that we're there to represent them without charge, unconditionally, all the way to the Supreme Court, we'll pick up all the costs, then they're in power. And that's right. what we want to do. And that's one thing I'm hoping to accomplish on this radio show today, is to empower business owners of faith to know that they don't have to go it alone. Uh, right. We're here to serve them. And in fact, we also have a quarterly newsletter to, to accomplish that. It's called Faith in the Workplace newsletter. They can sign up for that, going to our website. And we even have a training video called Faith in the Workplace, training business owners all about how they can legally evangelize and share their faith with their employees, their customers, their community, how they can even partner with ministries and churches. And so we really want to, not just to defend, but we also want to empower uh, through our resources at pacificjustice.org. We're talking with Brad Dacus today from the Pacific Justice Institute, as he just did a phenomenal plug. Thank you for doing that. Pacificjustice.org, pacificjustice.org. Act, go out to his website, mm-hmm. sign up for his quarterly newsletter, check out that faith in the workplace training he's talking about, because we as Jesus followers all over the country need to know our rights and need to start defending our rights or our rights will be taken from us because that's the tidal wave that's coming. We need to know, we need to defend it now so that people are rebuffed. And you know, one of the things we love, Brad, about having you on today and whenever we have this kind of a conversation is exactly what you said, not just so so that we know how to defend ourselves, but how to conduct ourselves. And Ooh, you word. giving us the ability to be empowered to do and be who God's created us to be and not worry about it because we know we're doing it within um, the legal you know, boundaries that have been set up. So I love hearing these stories so that we can then place ourselves in it and go, what can I do in my workplace? Right, Jim? Brad, have you ever lost any lawsuits, uh, freedom freedom from religion? Have you ever, any religious freedom lawsuits? Have you ever lost any? Uh, No, I cannot recall losing uh, any cases dealing with religious uh, freedom in the workplace uh, at all. No, we've, we know the law, and uh, there is real clear protections um, for people, business owners, uh, facing the law. It's, uh, and I will say also over 90% of what we take on, we get involved in, we get resolved without even going into court, without even mm-hmm. filing a lawsuit when we're on the offense. Uh, so sure. people should never think that uh, when they contact us, they're contacting a group that is just uh, thirsting for another lawsuit. Uh, we we have plenty of, of lawsuits to keep us busy. I think we have 40 in active litigation right wow. now, 40 cases. 
deal with a lot of issues. Talking today with Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute. Check him out online, pacificjustice.org, pacificjustice.org. Now, Brad, I asked you a question during the last segment, and you hesitated, but then you, like, <laughs> then you like blew it out of the water without this huge smile on your face. I asked you, have you ever lost a religious freedom uh, case? And you said, no. So why is it that we as Jesus followers are afraid? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, and I qualify it for in the workplace. Okay, um, you did say that, correct? Lost. Yeah, so in the workplace, as far as faith and workplace cases and case matters, yeah, we have not, uh, we've not lost it. But the reason people are afraid, I think, is just predominantly out of ignorance. They just don't uh, know that they are uh, protected to be able to live their faith in the workplace. Now, there, there are some uh, left and right turns. That they need to be aware of, right? Uh, you know, like uh, for-profit versus non-profit uh, entities, for example. A for-profit um, doesn't have the same leeway as a non-profit does, but even non-profits are attacked as well. We can talk about some examples there. So, but I want, I want to, I want to go, and we can. But I want to go to some of the recent stories that 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 I, that I was keeping updated off of your website. How about the? The Bible study at Dolled Up Construction. Tell us about that case and tell us where it's at today. Oh, you bet. Um, this is a real important case out of Oregon. Uh, this business owner, I want to give a little bit of background uh, to, to, so people can really appreciate how important this case is uh, principally. Uh, this, this this gentleman who uh, you know has this business, uh, he decided, you know, they, he came to Christ when he was in prison, uh, and, and uh, you know, he was into drugs. And he, he had he had a um, experience that, that he recommitted his life to the Lord, and was just sold out for Jesus when he got out of prison. Well, he started his business, and he decided that you know what I want to reach out to other uh, ex-cons and uh, to to train them and disciple them in the Lord. And so he did. He would hire ex-cons. Now these are people that often don't get hired. You know, there's a lot of difficulties for them getting jobs. Why? Because they're they're criminals. Uh, you know, former criminals at least, at least former criminals. So they're um, so he he has this, this business. Part of that business is he has this Bible study that uh, he's encouraged employees to attend. But they you know if they want to opt out, they can opt out, and uh, they don't have to uh, to attend. But he has this. In one day, one of the employees decided that, uh, that uh, no, they, um, they didn't want to, to do this Bible study, and they decided to, to leave the job, and, uh, and they filed a lawsuit. And we at Pacific Justice Institute are defending this business owner's right to have a Bible study in the workplace. So he's doing this guy a favor, giving him a job, and the guy sues him saying, hey, this guy's having a Bible study. That's not legal, is it? Yet it is legal because he wasn't compelling people to go. Isn't that right? Right. At, right. At the end of the day, uh, the business owner, you know, told him, he said, look, you don't have to attend the Bible study. That's okay. Uh, but the, nonetheless, the employee wanted to sue, and, uh, and that's, that's what he's done. Now, mind you, he not, he not only sued the business, he actually sued this owner in his individual capacity. So you're supposed to have a corporate veil that protects against that when you become incorporated uh we at pacific justice institute understand that full well and so uh, we're defending him in his personal capacity and uh, getting uh, that part of the case dismissed and it's, an, it's an ongoing litigation that 
uh, will probably last uh, quite some time. Uh, they often do, uh, the depositions, interrogatories, et cetera, and discovery. But uh, make no mistake, we're committed to stand by him for as long and as far as we need to, um, to, uh, to assist him and represent him. And there's also a, uh, a private uh, insurance uh, uh, representation involved in the case as well. And, of course, so we're working very closely together. And it's tough, and I know cases like that. And the reason I really loved reading about that one, and as Martha and I talked about it, was that there are business owners that are Jesus followers all across the country that are doing just that. They're offering up Bible studies. They're not compelling people to go, but they're offering it as an option. A lot of times they'll do it. I have I have several sponsors that do it during the daytime hours where they can actually, people can get paid to actually go to the Bible study if they want to attend and they're, but they're not forced to go, uh, I, and, and yet people get angry about it. it it's, it's amazing to me. Right, and, and we recommend generally such Bible studies uh, take place uh, either before work, after work, or say during lunchtime. Uh, it, it's, it's legally a, um, a little stronger, a little easier, without getting into details on the representation, sure. uh, but we at Pacific Justice really go out of our way to really spell this out real clearly in our, tra- our free training video, Faith and Workplace training video that uh, I mentioned earlier, people can download for free on our website, uh, as well as uh, in our quarterly newsletter, as things change in the facts, uh, how case law changes, different things change. We want everyone to be totally confident of their rights to live and share their faith in the workplace and not have to second-guess of whether something's changed in the last uh, year or two. So we really try to keep people up to date for that reason. Excellent. So we're talking with Brad Dacus, and he is with the Pacific Justice Institute. Go to their website, please. Take some time this weekend. If you can't do it right now, go to pacificjustice.org and sign up for their quarterly newsletter and download the training video that he was talking about. To you know, Because one of the things I think that, Brad, that you just said again is that although you could offer it during the hours, it's got a stronger backbone if we maybe – make some educated decisions and say, you know what, let's offer it before work, come in a little bit early, let's offer it then, let's offer it over lunch, let's offer it, you know, when when there's some off times that you just know um, it's a great opportunity, but people don't, there's there's not that, that um, foreseen of anything there. It's just completely voluntary. And that's what we want. We, we want our listeners to be educated and to make good, equi- smart choices. And let's talk about equipping them. Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute. You mentioned this video several different times. Talk to us about the resources on the Pacific Justice Institute website, hmm. specifically this this video you're encouraging people to download. Right. Yeah, it's um, obviously I'm a little biased, but <laughs> we spent about a year and a half putting this together uh, our attorneys, and we, we looked under every stone that there was to empower people of faith in business. The, there's two parts. There's the first part of it, about 13 minutes long. It's uh, inspirational, okay? It's uh, interviewing three CEOs on how they practically live their faith in the workplace in real uh, different ways. And uh, so we pr- try to provide a, a broad inspiration with the first part. The second part, that's my favorite. That's like the smorgasbord of all the different things uh, people of business owners of faith can do in the workplace uh, mm. to share their faith and live their faith uh, robustly in the workplace in, in different ways and in, in ways that many people would never even dreamed of or imagine. We also have some protective measures uh, included there as well, but 90% of that is on the offense. 
things that they can do to live their faith uh, through their workplace. Make sure you check it out online, pacificjustice.org, pacificjustice.org. Okay, Brad Dacus, I was reading another one about Professor Eric Thompson, who had the nerve in a college class to share conservative worldviews. I don't know how he thought he had the right to do that. (laughs) That was sarcasm for our audience. But seriously, you hear this on the news all the time, that our college campuses are being overrun, and they don't want to hear even anything opposing views. What's going on with Professor Eric Thompson? Yeah, uh, Professor Eric Thompson is a professor of sociology, okay, not mathematics, sociology, at Moreno Valley Community College, public public college. And uh, at the time, the issue of same-sex marriage was being uh, was pending before the United States Supreme Court. It was a hot issue, um, and a very relevant, perfect topic for sociology. So uh, he presented the topic, encouraged class discussion, and he made sure that both sides were presented and represented. Uh, that, that's good. That's actually a good teaching, promoting critical thinking, particularly at the college level. Sure. Well, the uh, the college uh, found out about it, the administration, and they said, "Oh no, there's only one right perspective on this issue. You're not allowed to in any way articulate the other perspective. You're fired." Now, this professor had was tenured for 17 years. Oh it, my. At two, for two different years, two, two of those years, he was awarded the Faculty of the Year Award. Wow. Um, so he's done a great job. He's a great communicator. And he was fired. And, you know, it's, and, uh, it, you know he didn't have the money to pay for a private attorney right. uh, to come in. It, it was just like it would have been done over. But he contacted us at Pacific Justice Institute. And one of our attorneys, uh, Michael Peffer, uh, who heads up our Orange County, uh, Southern California office, stepped in and represented him in a long, tedious, uh, hard-fought battle. And is it still is it done, or is it still going on? Well, after a two-week uh, trial, kind of a uh, arbitration kind of trial, uh, after two weeks, the arbitrator ruled in favor of the professor, mm-hmm. and he says that professor was wrongfully terminated and uh, demanded that he get his job back. Uh, it was a great, solid, decisive victory. Needless to say, the intolerant administration of the Moreno Valley Community College is now up in the ante, doubling down, and it's filed for an appeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, needless to say, are still representing this professor without charge. We'll do so on the appeal, and we'll do so if it continues up the court system for as long as we, we need to. I'll, I'll tell you something. Right now, there is a we've noticed a purging, an attitude and philosophy of purging professors of faith yeah. uh, from our universities and campuses across the country. Even private colleges and campuses uh, are, are engaging in this kind of purging, and it's it's very factual, statistical. Uh, and so, we at Pacific Justice know we have to step up and not allow any of these pitches to go past the plate, but to hit every single one of them to protect these professors. And that's why we really want to talk about this on the air today so our listeners become aware of this as a resource because really that's what it comes down to is somebody gets into one of these situations and they don't know where to turn, that they find out about you guys as a resource. And that's pacificjustice.org. Talking with Brad Dacus today from the Pacific Justice Institute. If you have trouble 
in defending your religious freedom. You don't have to do it alone. Brad Dacus and his team at the Pacific Justice Institute is there to help you. Pacificjustice.org, pacificjustice.org. And the other side of that is, Jim, is that he is helping us to be more empowered. And they have the resources um, that give some training. This I can't wait to go and watch this video, Brad, that you've been talking about because it really sounds like a great, um, like you said, some inspiration and some examples, a smorgasbord of things that people can do and that's what I'm all about is like, let's not all be on the defense, but what can we do in, a, in the proper way to conduct ourselves in a way that allows us to be who we believe we're supposed to be and still do it within the boundaries of what we have. So thank you for being with us today. And Jim was just alluding to a, a situation, another situation in the city of Salinas. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah Salinas, California and New <laughs> Harvest Christian Fellowship. What's going on there? Yeah, uh, this is a church that is actually in downtown Salinas, and uh, so they're already there. It's just that across the street there was a larger space for their church because they didn't have enough space, so they bought the building in downtown Salinas right across the street. They're going to move into it, but the city said, oh, no, 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 we're not going to allow you to um, because you're going to bring blight to the community, hurt the economy, uh, so uh, you have to... Um, in the lower level, the downtown level, it has to be a, some kind of commercial business. We won't let you have just your, your, we'll not let you have your church uh, meeting in that part. Even if you have a Bible bookstore, no, we're not going to allow that. Uh, so it's, it's very prejudicial, discriminatory. We at Pacific Justice uh, stepped in. Our, our attorney there in our San Jose office, uh, uh, Dennis Fail, he's doing a great, um, great job uh, in that case, and uh, we have... Uh, brought an action against that uh, city because they refused to change their position. Mm-hmm. So that's still, and, and that's still in the works, right? Oh, yes. It's, it definitely is. Uh, we've had some problems with Salinas before in this regard. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the another... pool people earlier, early in the show, the people at a swimming pool business. That's amazing. Right. Yeah, there's, the Salinas is an interesting community, to say the least. There was another church a number of years ago that was told that they weren't allowed uh, in the city uh, to be in a space that they wanted to be in. And that church has decided to leave town and go somewhere else, uh, unfortunately. You know, we sad. Encouraged, but, uh, you know, we were ready to represent them, but that's what they felt like they were to do. So, uh, But this other church says, no, we don't want to surrender this, this opportunity to be a shining, a brighter and shiny, uh, and, and uh, a light here in downtown mm-hmm. Salinas. And I really respect them for that, and we're yeah. representing them, of course, without charge. So we need to make sure, Brad, that this broadcast gets to be brought to, to Salinas because of what I'm going to say next. We need to start raising up Jesus followers in that community to run for office on the commission and for mayor mm-hmm. right now. Because that's part of the issue is that Jesus followers have bailed out of the politics across the country. And we need Jesus followers on commissions like that, city commissions, county commissions. We, we need to raise up some people to run for these offices, don't we? Oh, we, we definitely do. And uh, there's uh, the Leadership Institute and other places where they can get wonderful training on how to effectively uh, run for office uh, from a, uh, in a Christian, biblical, uh, but effective uh, way. And so um, I, I agree with you on that, definitely. You just mentioned also, some of the Leadership Institute. Tell us, what, what are you talking about there? And then you can go back yeah, to what you were saying. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, Leadership Institute is a is an entity that actually helps to train people who want to uh, seek public office, uh, oh. people who have a, a, um, a, a traditional or biblical worldview, 
and uh, it's very effective. It's, it's right there in uh, Virginia, Northern Virginia, I believe, or Charlottesville, Virginia. And uh, I uh, would highly recommend that for anyone thinking about running for office or getting into politics. That's a great place to start. Excellent. Thank you for that. All right. I interrupted you. I'm sorry, but I want to make sure you just said something I'd never heard of before. <laughs> and our audience is going, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you say? All right, yeah, before well, we go to Green Bay, do you want to add something else? Yes. Real quick, um, often teachers, public school teachers, have difficulties. Uh, they're often attacked. We have a resource that helps teachers, students, public school students, parents, uh, youth ministers on how they can effectively reclaim their schools uh, when a Christian biblical worldview in a, le- in a legal way. It's very, very empowering. Uh, it's called Reclaim Your School. This book is available for free download to everyone in your audience right mm-hmm. now on our website, pacificjustice.org, pacificjustice.org. Just go to the top of the screen, click Help, and you'll see resources. And that's one of the resources, along with the training video we have for Faith in the Workplace. But uh, I highly recommend it. It's, it's very equipping and empowering uh, for uh, people who are either students or teachers or parents or youth ministers dealing with public schools. So we would just want to encourage our listeners to go to the website, pacificjustice.org, and look for that resource, get that book downloaded, and share it with the people, because pretty much all of us have that um, impact in one way or another as a parent or a student or a teacher or a youth pastor. That's right. (laughs) Reclaim your school. Reclaim your school out there on the Pacific Justice website, pacificjustice.org. We're talking about Brad Dacus today. Now, everybody knows in this audience that I grew up in Minnesota, and so whenever somebody comes on from Wisconsin, and I call him a cheesehead. Well, if you don't know why, you're going to have to just figure that out on your own. But we, I want to go to Wisconsin because Wisconsin's got some very unique issues to it because it's it's got its super-duper conservative northern spots and super-duper conservative eastern or western spots and then pretty radical non-conservative in the, in the southeast as you get closer and closer to uh, Chicago. There's something going on in Green Bay, Wisconsin, something really cool um, went on at Christmas time in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, yes, uh, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, there was a challenge um, to uh, it's celebrating the Christmas holiday and uh, you know an attempt to uh, you know prevent uh, displays. Um, and uh, you know we stepped up and they went ahead and and allowed that, uh, and and that that was really good and, and very positive. But, what, but I think what's even more concerning right now is actually what's happening in another part of Wisconsin, which is De Pere, Wisconsin. And, and uh, this is where uh, the city ordinance was passed to uh, order all businesses, including uh, Christian radio stations, as well as churches, not to discriminate uh, based upon the uh, sexual activities or particularly the uh, same-sex marriage of their employees. I mean, this is outrageous when you think about a house of God, you know, doing the work of God, being told that the the youth minister who's just come out of the closet and married someone of the same sex, that you have to let them uh, keep that position, even though it violates the teachings and beliefs and, and of your faith and what the, the Scriptures teach. So we at Pacific Justice Institute stepped in you know, they wouldn't back down. We appeared before the city council, wouldn't back down. We stepped in, we filed a lawsuit, and I'd like to let the audience know that we won that lawsuit mm. for both the churches and the private Christian radio station that uh, had their rights challenged to live their faith uh, through their, their uh, institution. 
Excellent. Well, thank you for representing them and, and doing the service that you guys do because you're making a difference. Brad, let's get personal. We've got two minutes left in the show. You are the face of the Pacific Justice Institute. You're on television all the time. You're talking on the radio all the time about defending religious freedom in this country. How do you protect yourself spiritually from these attacks and protect your family and your marriage when you are put, you're out in the forefront all, all day long? Well, when you're as spiritually mature as me as a Christian, you really don't have to worry about the <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's good. A little levity on a Friday afternoon. Yes. No, the reality is, I, I tell people, uh, the more you're involved in ministry, uh, you're not more protected, you're, you're under greater attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to cling all the more with a heart of humility uh, to the Lord, uh, spending time with the Lord, uh, listening to the Lord and the Word. Uh, you need to also have, like, well, we, have, we have a wonderful church community, not just a church we attend and then leave, on Sundays, an actual church community, and I encourage people, um, especially families, uh, to have that kind of church community. There's always that chance that there could be someone at one church, for example, they, the guy brought a gun, and uh, he said he was going to shoot and kill me. That's what he told my wife, who was sitting in the very back at the time. Uh, it was at a Calvary Chapel. I think it was up in Lake Arrowhead. Uh, he went ahead and heard my sermon and changed his mind. Wow. Um, so... Those are real threats we have as believers, but we need to stay faithful and know, like the Apostle Paul, that no matter what we face here in this country, no matter what we face in terms of persecution, um, it's, uh, it's all better uh, than to uh, in any way hold back living for Jesus Christ. In terms of Jesus Christ. Brad Dacus, thanks for being an I Work for him this afternoon. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Hey, check out Brad and his whole team at pacificjustice.org, pacificjustice.org. Download that free book, Reclaiming Your School. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace. It's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for for him. him.